So Nintendo uh, listens to our podcast. I don't know if you knew that. Um, I, I, but, I've uh, heard. <laughs> Shigeru oh, Miyamoto heard, yeah. has said it's the number one podcast he's ever heard. Right, yeah. My uncle told me. Um, but uh, it didn't have to tell me because uh, obviously um, they are uh, releasing um, releasing Panel de Pon on the Switch uh, SNES uh, service. It, uh, much to Pavlos' delight. Yes, this is the original game. And, of course, uh, avid fans of our show, friends of the show, friends of the site, will uh, remember that I talked about the uh, Pokemon Puzzle League and Puzzle Challenge on our inaugural uh, episode. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm glad they, they listened. I mean, I didn't really, uh, I didn't really uh, you know, say that they should do that, but <laughs> they inferred. Shigeru Miyamoto heard you, and he's like, you know what? He's right. Why don't, yeah. why don't we just put it on the service? You know, there's a plenty of other games we could have put on, but, yep. you know, this is, this is the perfect one. Hey, I know, I know. We're also getting Rygar and Wild Guns. <laughs> I'm hyped for Wild Guns, actually. Wild Guns is pretty good, yeah. That's true. Yeah, no, no. It's a, it's, it's, a, yeah. It's not a bad selection, of course. Uh, good games. It's just weird that it's... You know, you're limiting yourself to three SNES games and one NES game, and those are the ones you went with. Well, I mean, well, yeah, I mean, like we don't even have like Donkey Kong Country on on this yeah. thing yet. But I mean, that being said, I think the only problem I really have with the Switch service is just they don't they don't release them enough. Like if if we got this selection every month. It's like three games of whatever, and then they are unique like this. I would not mind, but we're gonna be getting maybe twelve yeah. games this year, and they it's took a bit of a break. Right, they took a bit of a break for some reason. Um, we didn't though. Uh, this is the Daydream Cast. I'm Pavlos, and this is Brogan, and uh, we're gonna be talking about games uh, again, as always. Uh, that's what you expect from us. Can we um, can we change the podcast to like? Uh, crocheting or like uh, sewing. I'd l- I'm I'm getting interested in that since we're in quarantine or bread making. Um, I feel like that would be too easy. You know, everyone's doing crochet podcasts now. Um, I don't want to jump on that bandwagon. Um, you're right. The video game podcast thing is underdeveloped, and I think we're really cornering. The I think we really are pioneers uh, in the media- <laughs> medium here. So, um. Speaking of uh, things that no one has done before, uh, you played through Bloodborne. I did it. I, I said I was going to do it, and then I did it. I did it, like, the day after I said it, too. Because, like, when you play these games, <laughs> you, like, binge them. So, yeah. Yeah. Right. And you have nothing else to do, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, I liked it. I Thumbs up. Two thumbs up. I will continue playing the game on for the mm-hmm. rest of my life it, it was great um i don't know where it would rank wow. but i would say that it it gave plenty of gameplay variety and i think it teaches people that are used to one way of playing souls a different mm-hmm. way to play and that was always very important okay can you uh, like to, to, you know walk me through what what's what's uh, okay. different about so this is basic stuff like i, I mean i i think uh-huh. i have further opinions on it but the basic idea is is that um, Dark Souls is very cautious 
And, you know, yeah. you usually most people, especially their first time through, will carry a standard weapon and a shield. And you'll hold up the yeah. shield when something attacks, and you'll take a sort of stamina thing, but you won't lose health. Um, right. And then Blood, you strike back. Bloodborne is not like that. Bloodborne instead okay. focuses on aggression. And mm -hmm. um, number one, like an easy mechanic example for this is when you get hit, you don't lose all your health immediately. You've lost the health. But if you hit uh, the person, if you hit anybody, um, you gain the health back if you do it within a certain amount of time. So uh -huh. the the incentive is to keep hitting things. And yeah. there's only one shield in Bloodborne. And even in the item description, it says it engenders passivity. So the game does not want you to sit back and hold a shield. It wants you to go in and dodge and attack. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Uh, because, yeah, that's, uh, that does go counter to what usually is uh, considered the Souls playstyle, right? Um, at least the not normal, you know, uh, the average playstyle. Well, yeah. I think it transforms people's opinions on how you can play Souls. I never played Dark Souls with a shield. So, mm -hmm. um, I was really, like able to go into Bloodborne easily, but I think people that were used to it had to sort of break their brain, but it allows them to go back to Souls with a new uh, perspective that's... and allows them to mm. re-experience the game. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, how did you like, I know you're like, uh, you, you, I know you're like a big fan of the um, sort of theory crafting uh, of like, you know, what what is what is going on with these games? The lore. <laughs> Yes, the lore. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm into lore. the Dark Souls lore. Bloodborne lore is hard. Um, I I got a little, I got most of what was going on. There's a lot more. It's more character focused. There's like real cutscenes and dialogue, and there's like a a concrete history. But it's also contrasted with a sort of um like the. The uh, great ones are meant to be sort of uh, Lovecraftian uh, creatures from another dimension slash uh, higher beings. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of unknown variables. And I think they can be known and explored, but it's just harder for uh, at least me to latch onto because I'm a dummy. <laughs> That's not true. I mean, I don't but, know uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll get we'll see what happens when I start talking about Pikmin and how many Pikmin I lost. Oh no! Oh no! Um, so so yeah, you uh, you were satisfied with the not only the narrative but also like how it uh, carried the torch in terms of uh, the way it um, sort of tucks tucks away those uh, those nuggets of, of lore and like item descriptions. And I, stuff. I I like all of that, that and I I like um I liked the level design in it. I think the level design was really creative. It functioned mm -hmm. a lot like um I got so many side impressions. There were so many side areas that you could choose to do, and the main path was so um simple. So it it was almost as if there's there's an area in Dark Souls one called uh, the painting of uh, Ariamis. And that's a side area that you don't have to go to. You may not even know about. Um, but that being said, there's, I think, three or four areas like that in Bloodborne. And that's so cool to me. Uh, that you can do yeah. those things and never know they exist or have it come as a complete surprise. Cool. 
yeah that's uh no that all sounds very very appealing um uh it would definitely be the uh, aside from demon souls i think it would be the one souls game i would be interested in playing um and i've played one but uh but yeah no, uh, pa- pavlos would much game. rather be playing animal crossing yes uh right now even no <laughs> as we uh, talk would, you're trying to uh, collect bells and sell turnips hey uh, we we don't do, we we don't have video you don't know what i'm doing right now <laughs> um <laughs> uh yeah i guess uh, i guess uh you wanted to get this ac uh, minute started which is always exactly a minute long uh never uh never longer how many um, weeks do you think you'll do the ac minute i just, I just want <laughs> I speculation <laughs> i don't know i was thinking about what to like what i could talk about this week um well, I, I always uh, I, obviously I can I was started you know talking about the game straight like where I'm at with the game on its thoughts, and then obviously there's got to be something I gotta bring uh, I gotta bring the laughs you know I gotta bring uh, there's expectations uh, here, and uh, I was drawing blanks um, this week, but uh, usually uh, I these all come spontaneously anyway, so we'll see. Uh, the mark of, of all, good content is admitting how little content. And just saying Indeed. that over and over again. Yes, yes. Stretch your content dollar thin. Uh, we're tr- we're trying to make like this that. hit an hour, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. Um. So I'm at the point in the game where I'm. Yeah. I'm still in the routine. You know, doing the daily stuff, uh, collecting uh, items, uh, sending stuff to friends, uh, playing the 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 turnips. Although not this week. I'm taking I'm taking a break from the stonk market. Um, just because I'm I'm okay money wise, let's say money doesn't mean anything in this one. <laughs> um, so and yeah, uh, I've been the thing I've been doing a lot uh, in the last two weeks, which is new, is I've been actually setting up my town. So I'm setting paths. I'm uh, I'm putting down island decorations. I'm thinking about the layout, and one of my favorite things is flower breeding. Um. And so I've uh, made different flower beds for different flowers and put like fences down and everything. So those can sort of, uh, you know, do their thing uh, separated from each other. Um, yeah. So and that's kind of the, yeah, that's the routine now. Well, I think uh, it's so fine. interesting. I think lo- like location grooming and the beautification of uh, your own individual setting is sort of one of the cooler parts of Animal Crossing to me. Uh, mm-hmm. For me, my problem with Animal Crossing is, is like, I never feel like there's enough to do. To me, I'd rather play like a Harvest yeah. Moon or a Stardew Valley if I wanted sure. like a life simulator. But sure. in contrast, there's so much customization with with aesthetics that, you know, you have a house yeah. and you have a person and you have an oh, island yeah. that you can sort of custom tailor to interactions with other people. And you can design mm-hmm. it in a really beautiful way that communicates to other players. And that's really cool. Yeah, I mean, I wish I had more house space because I mean, I love decorating the house. I I'm like my upper floor is like I'm I, it's the best Animal Crossing thing I've made. I think it looks it looks really cool. Uh, it's like a sort of a, a uh, well, I have like a desk which is like a writing desk um, with like a globe and a fax machine and like obviously a mug on the on the desk and uh, uh, stuff hanging on the walls and like a record player and uh, 
it it looks very good. I have a great wallpaper for it, which is just uh, a skyline, uh, sort of a Streets of Rage style uh, skyline, which looks great. Um, it's very, it looks very, I don't know, it's a, it's a great atmosphere. I would like, I would like to live in that room. Did, <laughs> I would did like to have Streets of room. Rage Four just come out or something? What's the game I'm thinking of? Yeah, it did come out. Yeah, I haven't uh, played it yet, but it's on Game Pass, I, so I yes, guess tune I will, in next obviously. week. I will play it eventually. A uh, huge Streets of, Streets of Rage fan. It's just that I hadn't had the time till now. But uh, yeah, uh, it's like it's like uh, you know when you uh, as a kid like uh, when you used to play. I used to play like a um, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire uh, PC game, uh, <laughs> um, and I always wanted to you know have the actual money that I won in the game. I wanted to print it out somehow. Um, it's like uh, this, this ch ch child's fantasy. Or like in Monopoly, you know, turn your uh, game money into real money. And this is kind of similar to that. I want to sort of print out or whatever. I want to wanna make the room I made in AC a, a reality. I, wanted to, I want to copy-paste it into, into reality. But, uh, but I can't. Um, <laughs> but yes, <laughs> that's, that's sort of how my... My brain thinks about thinks about that. Um, the thing uh, that's uh, I'm still missing like one or two uh, sort of um, like you know the, I, I talked about the cafe before Brewster's Cafe from New Leaf uh, stuff like that like a few more buildings to go into um, because you do get visited by a lot of the old uh, sort of friends all characters uh, and also new ones of course but that's it you get visited on random days on a, on a schedule like they sort of cycle through and they're just hang, hang, uh, sitting out uh, sitting hanging out there uh, on the plaza and that's um yeah it's kind of unfortunate that it's always so fleeting the moments with those with those characters i wish i could just you know i wish they would just have their their shop like they used to and then uh you would you would uh, visit them uh, daily. Uh, that's a bit of a shame, um, still. And uh, I gotta say, it's been out for a while. This is the last point I'll make. It's been out for a while. This game, they made content updates to a, or so, which with like small events and stuff that were obviously pre-planned and just maybe they weren't quite finished yet, but they were like pre-planned and everything. Um, and and I, I, miss, I assume they were just ready to go, basically. Anyway. But they've been kind of dropping the ball on like uh, quality of life stuff. Like, where is it? There's a huge list of quality of life stuff that people have been demanding and nothing so far. It's like, they don't have to do everything in one patch. They could just, you know, and I doubt they will. I doubt the next patch is going to address all the issues anyway. So they should get going on that stuff. Like sort of, uh, you know, bring on the, the patch, speed up the online. I've never really seen Nintendo be responsive to community mm. concerns i don't i don't mm. think there's been ever a scenario where it's like the community has asked for something and nintendo has explicitly responded to that they may have done something like you know make mm -hmm. dlc for pokemon with more pokemon in it but that concern was already i'm sure they knew that there were too little pokemon in sword and shield so they were building that ahead of time you know i I I sort of disagree. I disagree on on one thing, which is uh, games like competitive. They're competitive games. They there they obviously responded, like in Splatoon and Smash Brothers. Uh, they obviously respond to uh, to like game data and stuff. They they balance things and they fix bugs and stuff. Like uh, that's 
I, I mean, I, I agree with that competitive stuff, but also when you look at it, it doesn't go by community standards. It goes by right. that internal data, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And You're not wrong. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. And it goes into Animal Crossing, and it just makes me wonder where their priorities lie for Animal yeah. Crossing. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I mean, this is a huge chance for them to turn this to turn this into the best AC game, which I don't think it's quite is yet, because New Leaf just had more stuff. Um, uh, if we just discount sort of the quality of life stuff, which is par for the course for a newer game, um, and but it can they can really they have a foundation here to to blow this out of the water if they. You know, if they if they bring bring in those uh, substantial uh, updates, and so I think they should get going on that, <laughs> um, and start with some patches, make the online faster. Like everyone is saying that that's and that's blatantly obvious. So. <laughs> I mean, I but, agree, yeah. but blatantly obvious is also not. That's not a given for for a company like Nintendo sometimes. Um, sure, sure. But I guess uh, yeah, this uh, been, has been a more serious AC minute this week. Uh, <laughs> this has been a apologies. stark and grave AC minute. Apologies, yeah. But uh, this brings me to my thing, where it goes yeah. into expectations, right? Yeah. And I this to to frame this conversation, I bought mm-hmm. on my PS4 three mm-hmm. games. I bought. Mega Man Legacy Collections, both of them technically, so it's more than that, but Mega Man yeah. Legacy Collection, Mega Man X Legacy Collection, and then I bought the Castlevania uh, pack that was Rondo mm-hmm. of Blood and Symphony of the Night. Yeah. And you bought the one uh, collection, the Mega Man Collections, you bought like Mega Man Legacy Collection 1 and Mega Man X Collection 1, or? Uh, I guess to be clear, I bought Mega Man Legacy Collection 1 and 2. So Mega ah. Man's one through nine or one through ten, yeah. um, and then I bought Mega Man X Legacy Collection, which is Mega Man X's one through four. Secretly, Mega right. Man Le- X Legacy Collection two is a, a collection of bad games. <laughs> I don't know how much you played them, but uh, X's five through eight I'm... aren't great. Uh, X eight is okay, like I would play X eight, mm-hmm. but other than that, mm, I'll get it I'm, when it's I'm like super huge, awesome, uh... you know. Yeah. I'm not a huge X fan, so uh, but we'll talk about that some other day. I I will uh, vouch for my opinion, believe me. Um, but that being said, yeah. you got to think about what you want out of a remaster or a collection, and it mm-hmm. should be basic stuff, in my opinion. Like if if an emulator, if you could download it and emulate it and have zero problems or have a better experience than the package you're collecting and selling for $20, then there's a problem. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and I don't think there's a problem for the Mega Man Legacy Collections because I feel like they gave enough bonus content. They gave mm-hmm. um, different abilities. They gave you easy uh, safe state and controlled usage. They give you... Um, they give you uh, appealing menu design, and they give you... Um, the first one has a rewind, even. The, the first, first one has a rewind, yeah. All, Mega Man's 1 through 6 have an easy rewind system, and that's awesome. And um, and you can't even get that technically through safe states, you know, um, on a computer. Yeah. And uh, also, it has legit bonus content. It has concept art, it has, you know, stuff like that. And to contrast... 
Symphony of the Night uh, and Rondo of Blood have a very meager, bare-bones menu system where it's literally like, play this game, Mm -hmm. play this game. Then the options are you can change your background, change between two filters, and and then change Rondo's uh, control setup. And that's it. That's all you can do. Yeah. Um, so I guess what I'm trying to say is, is that when you, I don't mind not, like, I would much rather purchase a game than emulate Mm -hmm. it. There are Mm plenty, I have bought Mega Man 2 and all the Mega Man games countless times. I've played Doom countless times and Resident Evil countless times, but at least they package the product in a way Mm -hmm. that makes it appealing for the user. And if you make a lazy product... Why don't people just download it on the internet? Um, right. The thing is, the interesting thing is that, um, well, I I think retro collections are like super important in terms of, uh, well, preservation. Obviously, preservation. The most important place is like P, the sort of the PC where that happens, uh, like yeah. ROMs and stuff. But it's still important, like. Uh, pres- in in terms of sort of keeping those games relevant um, and sort of bring those to new audiences and stuff, uh, still these uh, collections are also like uh, very important uh, in my opinion. And there's obviously different sort of uh, um, studios or so like different uh, companies that have been dedicating themselves to 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 this uh, format. And um, I'm very surprised to say that about the um, Castlevania collection. Uh, because I, I'm pretty sure it's by M2, um, which is, uh, they started out sort of as a Konami, um, uh, like part of Konami, I think, or at least working for Konami a lot. They um, didn't only do like their compilations, but they also did uh, the really good uh, Rebirth games on WiiWare. I don't know if you remember those. Uh, um, the, yeah, for, yeah, I do know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, the, yeah. With the red Richter skin, I think... I, I don't remember the guy's name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 um, and 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 then they did the they did a lot of Sega stuff, like a lot of Sega preservation. They did the absolutely amazing, like that's one of the best things uh, from the last years to me. The absolutely amazing 3D classics uh, series on uh, 3DS, where they did the uh, arcade and Genesis games um, in 3D uh, um, Sega games. Which are it's amazing. It's it's, one, it's basically the best versions of those uh, you can have. Um, they've done Sega Ages, the Sega Ages series before. They did they they did uh, they they're doing the ones on Switch, um, the Sega Ages series. Which, for example, Fantasy Star, um, they added like uh, a map uh, function and like a different sort of mode to play the game. Um, like a more modernized mode to play the game if you want it and stuff. So they do stuff, but they're very, um, they're extremely sort of mechanical, I would say, minded first. They, they, they're going for uh, the absolutely, you know, a, a perfect um, recreation or a perfect emulation of the game. Um, and then they break down all the technical stuff about it, all the, the music and the, Whatever you can change, like the difficulty, the credits, the points, score, the scoring, whatever, the one-up system, all that stuff. And they give you options for that. And then they add sort of on top of that by 
doing like new modes or sort of sometimes they fuse versions stuff like those only on one version uh in the old you know the old versions um those only the on one they add back in and stuff like that so they they're incredibly thorough and um and stuff like that but they never quite like they they don't they're not like known for their like excessive bonus material um I mean, I, I can get that, and I definitely think there is for sure an argument to be said for um, making an essential uh, emulation of it and making something that can be preserved beyond mm-hmm. just, uh, emu- uh, you know, computers and fans doing it. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And it also shows support from the company that, like, yes, we still care, which matters totally to konami's case because konami doesn't make video games anymore <laughs> so so you know like yeah. i definitely see the value in it and don't get me wrong i'm gonna play the games and i think gameplay wise they are just fine um i wonder did m2 do the switch versions of castlevania's uh the the castlevania collection you know what i'm talking about yeah uh, you, you mean this new one right With, where they also did like contra and uh yeah, they did those, yeah. They did those. The those are collection. good. I think those are good. I think... Um, th- oh, that... what are you talking about? <laughs> um, I, there's two types of Castlevania releases right now. There is one ah. that is... Um, Castlevania's one... is complicated. Castlevania 1, Simon's Quest, 3, the Genesis game, and Kid Dracula. And yes, uh, that's Super Castlevania them. 4. That's on Switch. Um, that's yeah, everywhere. That's, um, and they have Japanese versions right. of those games. And they do have bonus content. And they have uh, save state features and all of that. Yeah. Yeah, that's M2, yeah. That's oh, M2? I thought you were talking about that one. Oh, no, no, bad. no, no. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. No, the one I'm talking about is PS4 exclusive. And it oh. only has Symphony of the Night and only has Rondo of Blood. Ah, uh, yes, I remember now which one. Yeah, no, I remember this one now. Yeah. Uh, right. I don't think that's them, but maybe I'm wrong. Well, who knows? Uh, Either way, I complain. That's all I, that matters yeah. in this podcast. I don't think it's them, actually. I'm looking at a list of their stuff, and it's not them, I think. <laughs> um, I would be surprised. So, M2 saved. They're the best. I love them. Uh, they also did a GBA emulation and other some other emulations. Basically, all the good emulation. Uh, all the good virtual console uh, platforms on Wii U was them, and then the ones that were like that, like too dark, uh, like the NES is bad, and things, that's that was all other. That was all I don't know who did those, but basically <laughs> all the ones that are good are done by M2. M2 gets uh, the Pavlo seal of approval. Yes, I've been a fan of them for a long time. Collection of Mana they did recently, and yeah, they did the three anniversary collections: Castlevania. Uh, Contra and those um, those schmups, right? That there was also like oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, like a greatest. No, it was like a a grab bag of like Konami stuff. Yeah. Um, Right. Um, Okay, and and the other one, yes, the other one was like uh, uh, Symphony Symphony of the Night and uh, Rondo, and what else? That well, for for the other collection, that's it. That yeah, that's it. Right. Uh, yeah, no, that sounds disappointing. I mean, it's always hard to tell with bonus stuff. Like, obviously, Konami has to sort of provide it. <laughs> yeah, it's probably... Um, uh, be other basic problem cheap. I have, and this probably is not the actual developer's fault, 
maybe it's just uh-huh. me being dumb. But yeah. the the sort of uh, extraneous sounds, aka when you get a power up or there's like a sound effect, it comes through my PS4 micro, like it comes through the PS4 controller's uh, um, speaker. So like when I pick up a power up, I don't hear it on the TV. I hear it from my controller, and I hate that. That's terrible. No. <laughs> That's that sounds terrible. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm a very petty man, and no, that's, that's and you may bad, be like, yeah. Brogan, can you fix that in the settings? And my answer is probably, probably, but it's easy to complain. Uh, so that's what we're gonna do here. Um, <laughs> you know what? You know what? I'm not gonna complain about. What's that? Pikmin. <gasps> it's a game of the week. Um, yes, Pikmin. Uh, this is Pikmin on. Uh, on on the GameCube originally, of course, uh, Pikmin One, uh, if you will, um, and uh, there's also a uh, a Wii version, which I which is the one I played. You played the uh, GameCube version, right? Yes, I did. Yes, and this uh, the original came out in 2001, and the new Play Control, as it was called, version, uh, which also got like 16 by nine uh, and uh, format and everything uh, and and we can pointer uh, controls um, this uh, came out in 2008 uh, so and two also got the same treatment I should I should mention so yes Pikmin um, why don't you why don't you sort of introduce us to this to this game space the final frontier <laughs> whoa <laughs> I have yeah. soared the cosmos <laughs> working for a company, making a living to come back home as a rocket man for my yes, wife and child. Or children, Metroid. technically. All of them has multiple kids. But oh, one day, <laughs> something happened to my ship, and I oh, crash-landed no. on this strange alien planet. And That's I bad. saw giant creatures, and my ship is completely destroyed. And my only hope uh-huh. for survival, my only hope <laughs> to see my kids again and see my family, is the yeah. help of these strange little creatures. The Pikmin. <laughs> yeah. They call them. Yeah. Um, right. Well, I'm so sorry to hear that, uh, bro. I didn't know that. Uh, are you still on that planet? Uh, can we help in some way? <laughs> can we send someone? <laughs> no, I'm good. I, I, I fixed okay. it. You know, I, I, I got the good yeah. ending. Oh, you ends. got the good ending. Yeah. Did did you get the good end? Did you get all the parts? Uh, uh, no. <laughs> that was a laugh. Uh, I got laugh. really close. Here's the thing. Okay. Oh. Go ahead. No, no. Go ahead. You go ahead. All right. So you in the game, you control a huge number of tiny little Pikmin armies when you're, you know, you're Olimar and you're making them do a bunch of small little stuff. And mm-hmm. the goal is to get... 30 parts for your ship to be fixed and escape before the time limit and the deadline, which is 30 days. And um, secretly, and they don't tell you this up front, you don't need 30 parts. Yeah. You need 25. And some of them are bonus as hell. Like, uh, the the final part is, um, is a piggy bank. It, 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 it's just so all the market have is money. That's it. It has nothing to do with the shit. Mm-hmm. 
did you did you get a one hundred percent? Yes, I got all the parts. Well, um, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> but also, you know, I have to. Like, that's the only. <laughs> yeah, I had to do that, of course. Um, seeing as how, uh, how I play games. Um, yeah, you don't need the days. The thing is, I was always. I, I played this once briefly, but uh, I was always sort of um, afraid. Yeah, let's call it that. Afraid to play it because, uh, as a completionist, a time limit is, uh, you know, sort of killer thing like you're you're on a time limit you want to get everything uh in this case it was like always obviously get all the ship parts um and um but but yes it really is very manageable like uh 30 days for 30 parts and there's plenty of days where you can get um you know two two parts uh, three parts sometimes uh i felt really beginning there were two days i got three parts and i was like on the moon happy yeah, yeah, yeah. I think at the beginning, especially, uh, you can get you can get three. Yeah, I was able um, to get three on the not the final map, but the second to final map where the water is. I got the three parts in the water on a single day, and I was so happy. Uh, do you mean which one do you mean? The springs the, um, and like the yeah. uh, the spring area, and so like yeah. you just have to oh, yeah. kill the one monster. You have to get yellow Pikmin to bring the thing down, and then you have mm-hmm. to uh. I, you have to get blue Pikmin to build a bridge. To that. Yeah, and yeah, I was yeah. able to do all three of those. Right? Nice. Is that the thing? I don't remember. Maybe. Yes. Uh, Either way. Something. Yeah, that can apply to. Yeah, that can apply to to <laughs> several uh, maps, I think. But but yes. Um, no, it sounds right. Uh, yeah. Uh, but it really is not an issue. So uh, if you're like me, don't fret and go ahead and play it. I think. Uh, yeah. I think both of us had great fun with the game. Is that? Is that? Can I say that? Yeah, I I like it a lot. I had I played this game back in the day, and I uh, uh-huh. played Pikmin two back in the day. Um, and I Pick love man. them both. But I think the time limit helps, in my yeah. opinion. Um, okay. I think the time limit gives you a real tension. Like the deadline mm-hmm. gives you, um, technically Pikmin two and Pikmin three have time limits, but it's just by day. Um, like the yeah. day ends, but you don't yeah. need thirty days to do something. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, yes. I think that structure gives you attention to where every move matters, even if it, even if there's a lot of room for error. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, if you lose thirty Pikmin and your day is shot, um, that's a that's a crushing blow, and you feel it, and you care about the twenty Pikmin that die because a frog just landed on them, and you're like, yeah. no. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, no, that's true. Um, I, I could totally see that. Um, the thing I should we should mention is uh, the reason also why why this the time limit isn't actually an issue is uh, because you can very easily the game knows sort of that the game knows and this is this is a great strength the game knows how it's how people are gonna play it um, and uh, it lets you uh, at any point after mission during mission just reload to the beginning of the day. Um, so it really, uh, this way it really lets you sort of, uh, which I, which I did plenty, uh, replay a day at, and try to optimize your, uh, you know, your spoils and, and what you, what you achieve in that day. That's um, definitely, that's so, definitely a big thing. I, uh, like if I got to a new area, I would spend a day just walking the area. 
and mm-hmm. I would just look at everything and go, okay, how would I do get there? How do I get this? Yeah. How do I get that? And then you, and then yeah. I would reset. You have the map, which is helpful. Yeah, the and then the map super helps with that. And then I reset the day, and then I, I have a plan. And then I set one set of Pikmin to do that, and then another set of Pikmin to do my other mission. Usually it's combat, yep. because you should probably pay attention to your Pikmin when you fight. And um, other than yeah. that, it's it, it was really effective. And I, I liked the RTS elements. Yes, we should uh, mention that it's an RTS, where you command an army uh, with three different Pikmin types. Uh, red ones are good for fighting and survive fire. Yellow ones uh, you can throw higher, and blue ones survive uh, water. And I mean, I guess the throw. other thing about yellow is they also carry bombs, which is, in my opinion, oh, yeah. the hardest thing to control. I fucking hated the bombs. That's a good point, yeah. Um, the the thing is uh, that um, the yellow ones, you know, pick up these bombs, and then once the yellow ones have a bomb, <laughs> they won't let go of it until they can throw it at something. Uh, but uh, the bomb obviously can damage your pigments, so you have to be very careful uh, when using them. I I was I I didn't have any accidents with them. I have to say I, I uh, did. like obviously I lost um, one or two yellow ones in the process, but 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 otherwise uh, I I always um, you can you can sort of arrest your army and like sort of have them stand in one point, and they separate each other by color, which is helpful. And then uh, you can just mark the yellow ones and have them do the thing where I just send out two and then have them come back and then set up the next two. I didn't even do all the ones, all, all the bombs at once. Yeah. Um, as far as terms of value go, I think that the blue Pikmin were the most valuable and then red Pikmin I would have for the army. And then for yellow Pikmin, I'd have like 15 any given time, and that's it. Yeah, tops. right. You don't need many yellow ones. That's true. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, no, I want to say that um, uh, the blue ones are definitely sort of just by their unique ability the most um, valuable, um, and the map and also like the map design, uh, which you know the later ones have like a lot of water. Um, but uh, actually, I was I could easily bolster my my blue army because um, you revisit the landing site at one point, um, and just for one part, and that's and on that map you can get a lot a ton of pigment. Uh, you can farm them. You can also just stay, take a day to farm them if you need it, but you don't in my opinion. Uh, and so that day where I got where I went back to the landing site to get, which I did pretty early, um, when I had all the pigment types. Uh, I got the other part, and since there's nothing else to do, um, there's a boss there which you can fight, uh, which actually changes if it's uh, depending on if it's an even or a uh, like if it's if it's an even day or an odd day, uh, you actually have a different um, boss there. I like had no boss. idea of this. I only fought the goo boss with the two cores. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know On what the, the other boss is. Ah, okay. Then I got the other one. The other one is like a sort of a monkey, like a little gorilla type thing, um, which can which actually just smushes your poke, uh, your Pikmin. It doesn't actually kill them. Um, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, um, it it changes actually, which is which is a neat thing. I think this game is it's a short game. And it's it's definitely uh, sort of uh, replayable. Very uh, like. How in, in, how do you feel about it as a GameCube launch title? Um, 
well, that's an interesting question. I, I think it's, um, well, obviously, we all know the story of, like, you know, Miyamoto took up gardening, and that sort of inspired him to to make Pikmin and, and stuff. Um, I think this is a very original, uh, like, very original game, uh, which uh, I think sort of, it's, it's it's easy to underestimate. I don't know if it's a good launch title, and that's in from a, like a like a sort of business perspective. I don't know because it it seems it's kind of unassuming uh, on the surface, but once you play it, like you immediately get the appeal. Uh, I would say, and you um, you you learn to appreciate so many. It's, it's a game also about details, like a lot of details, like Pikmin stumbling uh, over each other when they walk. When they follow you, have you also ever let them pick speeds. you up? Uh, I don't, I don't think so. Oh, you didn't know this? Know. Oh, dude, I, I, I got something for you. Then. All right, it's, it's. I think there's a, there's a button on it. I don't know because you played differently than I did. I don't know what button it uh-huh. was for you, but for me, it was a button on the D pad. And also, uh-huh. it's an idle animation. Um, if you leave it oh, on too yeah. long, mm-hmm. the Four Pikmin will pick up Olimar, and he'll like yeah. lay down as if he's crowd surfing, and they'll carry you back to the ship. I read about this. Yeah, I didn't try it, but yeah, it, uh, it for sure works, this. and it's funny. There's no reason. <laughs> to <do this>. Right? <laughs> no, it's stuff like that. I mean, the way they react to you. I think, um, yeah, like the you you definitely get. I, I got the hang of the combat at some point. Like it's, I realized it's better. As you really have to get get in there, sort of, and, and sort of, when you wanna target the back, it's way better to just go behind him, behind the uh, the enemy, and just go get close to the back and just keep throwing <laughs> on the back. I, I think just, uh, I think it speaks to overwhelming them. Um, and it also yeah. there's there's a lot of uh creatures that are either exclusive to one type so on the uh mm-hmm. underground map there are those yeah. little elephant things that squirt fire and if you use yep. red pikmin there is no danger so you just yeah, go in danger. there and clean house or like the they only blow away your flower uh, they can blow away the flower on the pikmin do you want to explain the like fat a... flower mechanic real quick oh yeah it's really easy uh sort of you can either by drinking nectar you find in the ground or by letting your uh pikmin seeds uh sort of in the ground longer before you sort of pull them out they have like three different st- stages of like strength and speed uh, depending if they have like a bud or a flower uh, on their head on uh, their head uh, they sort of grow into stronger pikmin um, and some enemies don't kill your pikmin they just sort of demote them back to the uh, weakest form but it's not a big deal at all like it's that's not a that's not a that's not a big issue no no but like e- either way there's point is is that each monster has an opportunity and each monster has a strategy to go about and as long as you are attentive to the pikmin and the monster type uh you can handle pretty much anything in the game yep yeah um and it's a game about multitasking like or, or like letting the pikmin multitask like you have time to do to sort of line everything up one by one but then obviously once you do that one side of you know one type of pikmin is doing this the others are doing that breaking down a wall the others are building the bridge with the others you're fighting stuff uh and it's very uh, satisfying to uh have that because um the you get little tunes when something is ready like built or 
and sort of clear it out of the way. You get a little tune. You get you know it's 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 a. I was so impressed by how efficient like the sound design was and um, just everything about it. It's very little sort of mechanics wise that feels sort of out of place or like. Um, I'll say one thing about throwing the yellow ones um, is that on Wii they added a function where when you hold a Pikmin, when you hold the Pikmin, like when you hold A, you can cycle through the types. Oh, uh, like, oh that's awesome. Yeah, and so that was, it's not super, um, I didn't use it a lot because uh, I usually just separated my army. That, by, that's how I would do it. I would separate the army and be like, all right, this these guys yeah. And it's still how you do it most of the time, but just for the bomb ones, just when I was, you know, uh, every time I was sort of holding one which didn't have a bomb, then I would cycle through to the next. That was, um, it was useful for that. I'm sure pro players are using it more, and like the ones that don't have to uh, separate their their army every time. Advanced threats. Advanced, yeah. I mean, it's amazing the speedruns of this game, of course. Um, because that's what I. That's also what I think is so great about it. It's that it's really like it gives you the time limit, and then it really. Uh, I mean, you're. You can sort of master unique. it. Yes, you can, and you can end the day early. Obviously, that's how the speedruns work, and you can finish the thing in a couple of days. Uh, like, um, obviously, I used like uh, I don't know how much, like almost all the thirty. Um, but uh, but yes, uh, that's that's so that's so great about it, and at the same time, I would say there's obviously room for improvement here. I could totally see like how they could expand upon it, but also like improve some stuff. Um, the like sometimes the Pikmin movement, uh, the Pikmin can be a bit stupid, like they can get stuck under bridges. But you see, um, I, I like certain things about it. I liked um, when they trip. Because only once mm -hmm. in a while they'll trip, and it's really cute yeah. when they do. And yeah, yeah. and I also like it when I I hated it when I played it, but I liked the idea was whenever you uh -huh. have Pikmin run over the grass and they stop and they start sucking <laughs> up the dew to get a flower. Yeah. Um, yeah. To me, I hated the mechanic. I was like, oh my god, what the fuck are you doing? Get over here! But yeah. I I sort of like it in a sort <laughs> of step back sense because they're creatures and they see yeah. sustenance and they want to eat it and that's more important than walking forward and that makes sense to me i'm like yeah of course yeah right i think i think that's one of the game's biggest strengths is like it's very it's a very and i would say similar to metroid in that sense and like uh, the even though the the funny thing here is that probably the strange planet is it's it has let's say big resemblance with Earth. <laughs> um, I think the sort of gag is that it's ultimately supposed to be Earth. It but, it becomes um, I think more explicitly clear in other titles. Like uh, in yeah. two, I don't know how much you know about two, but you raid treasure in two, and the treasure is usually artifacts from Earth. Uh huh. So. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, but um, but it does with it does a lot with very little words. Like you get the logs from Olimar, and he basically just says, you know, he just notes the essential. Like he talks about the parts, and he just talks about how he feels, and and it's a very it, it totally manages to convey the sense of being this 
die stranded on the planet. And I think obviously the time limit also enforces um, reinforces that. It's feeling. such a basic um, narrative, but it yes. works so well in the system it's presented in. And I think in yes. that way, it's beautifully simple and unique. In, it, right, simple and uh, right. I totally agree with all those attributes. Uh, also, the way the pigmen react to stuff and all that makes sense. Like all that feels right and like organic is a sort of a word that comes to mind. Even though, uh, like, <laughs> which uh, obviously uh, you know is uh, maybe a bit cheeky considering the sort of sort of I don't know nature theme of it, but. Um, but but yes, it it like it totally does feel feel like it's sort of everything works very organically, reacts organically to each other, and um, and I think that's the only reason why also the you know the loss of a couple of pigmen is not a problem. But that's also that's the reason why sometimes sort of very gamey like game moments of like pigmen getting stuck under a bridge <laughs> would would sort of stick out a bit. I, I agree. Let me ask you how how much control did you feel with the Wii? did you use the Wii remote? Yes, I played on Wii U, and there's a trick to uh, the trick that, that lets you use the gamepad as a sensor bar, which is not a not difficult at all. You just have to press hold B on the startup, which um has the Wii U load into the Wii menu Im- immediately like directly into the uh, loads directly into the Wii menu and then the game appears on the TV and on the gamepad and the gamepad so you can also just play on the gamepad if you like either way the gamepad acts as the sensor bar if you start the game from the Wii U menu uh there's basically one choice <laughs> you have to make where the Wii U wants you to make it with this you have to make it with the Wii mode you can't do it with buttons and you have to make it with the sensor bar um plugged in so are you taking uh, notes class pay attention yeah um it's it's so weird anyway just hold b on the startup and then you're it'll be fine on the wii u logo and that's how i played it and the um the wii control i i i I couldn't imagine playing it with buttons obviously it's because i'm not used to the wii but um but yes, it's. I mean, it's so immediate. I mean, I love. I love the Wii mode. I love as a controller and also a control method. I loved it, especially for games like this where the pointing was. You know, where you pointed at stuff. Point and click adventures also come to mind. Um, and um, and yeah, it works. It works really great. Like um, um, you can sort of. Uh, the only thing that got a bit tedious is the throwing, to be honest. <laughs> like uh, <laughs> mashing a, mashing times. a to throw. Well, well that's yeah. what I was about to say. Is I think maybe the difference um, was I had to compensate. I didn't. I don't like mashing buttons, but I don't have an option, right? I don't have like a point and click thing. Um, you have to. You really mm-hmm. have to aim it. You don't really control where the thing goes. The uh, the the pointer. You you just move mm-hmm. all of them are, and it sort of just matches around that. So uh-huh. the best way to move your guys, unless you are specifically tacking a certain creature or trying to get your Pikmin up to another ledge, the best way yeah. I found to attack something, especially like overwhelming a Bulborb or a uh, or a mm-hmm. frog, is to just use the C stick and just move them there. Or if I needed a gate right. opened, I just move them with my C stick, and just the crowd goes right there. And that mm-hmm. was how mm-hmm. I controlled. Yeah, no, I've read similar uh, 
yeah, similar uh, descriptions of of GameCube uh, gameplay. Yeah, that the C stick is very very important. Um, yeah, I would say on Wii, it's, I think you can yeah you can sort of guide them uh, with uh, I think with the D pad I think, but um, but yeah you yeah it's less there's less of a need to because because of the the motion stuff yeah. Um, but I think otherwise they're identical. Like aside from that little detail and like the technical stuff, uh, I think the versions are identical. Which I'm glad. Like uh, they didn't change anything because everything feels very uh, deliberate and um, sort of fits what they wanted to make here. I um, I really love Wii control setups. Um, I think Wii ports of older games use utilizing the Wii controller are some of the best uh, ports of the thing. I personally mm -hmm. like Resident Evil 4 on the Wii because of yeah. that sort of immediate responsiveness. To me, that mm -hmm. stuff's awesome. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to play two like this. And um, they did a couple more, at least, uh, new play control ones. I, think. I know they did tennis, um, our tennis, um, which, okay, you can be... <laughs> Uh, we can, you know, it's debatable. But um, the, <laughs> Wait, the Metroid Prime. Wait, time out. Uh, I challenge you to what? Wii Sports, and I'm gonna whoop you at tennis. <laughs> um, we we could play. I, I think we you could play it on Wii U if you had Wii Sports Club. Um, I think that was online. I'm not sure. Um, but yes, no Mario Power Tennis. I don't know, but um, like Metroid Prime. Makes total sense with the Wii mode. I I played Metroid Prime on the Wii mode and that was awesome. Yeah, and also I think Donkey Kong Jungle Beat was another one which also makes sense uh, on the Wii mode. It's not as essential maybe, but it also makes sense to have the beating with the Wii modes. That's just a natural motion. Well, um, well, what's what's so curious is is that those sort of games that require specific control hardware. Um, those are the hard ones to honestly emulate and like play and get a true experience. So I'm glad that the Wiimote yeah. can simulate it without having someone needing to hunt down bongos. That's true, yeah. That's true. Uh, also, um, yeah, we should say the um, obviously the all the GameCube and Wii stuff is like very uh, is lucky, I would say, uh, in terms of uh, Game preservation because because of the excellent emulator uh, Dolphin, I I I've on original hardware, but uh, but the, this is an excellent way to play these, and it has like support for uh, Wii modes and everything. Um, and uh, fun fact, the um, obviously the code name of the of the GameCube was Dolphin, and uh, not only is the emulator emulator called after uh, after that, but also the ship. Uh, Olimar's ship is called the Dolphin. As Pavlos Dolphin. is going to steal the trivia because, like, a week ago he was like, I... hey, bro, <laughs> do you think Olimar, <laughs> they named the emulator after Olimar's ship? Shut I was like, no, that's not what happened. Uh, man, that's... Wow. Do you think I, I was just going to let ex... you take that? I didn't expect this betrayal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. No, yes, okay. I I learned this from Brogan. Uh, yes, Master GameCube, tri like tri GameCube Trivia Master uh, Brogan. If you hold uh, the Z button during the intro, you get different sound effects. 
that's it for my GameCube trivia. That's all I got. Oh yeah, I didn't. I know that. I knew that. Those are good. That's that's one of the best intros, console intros. Um, the GameCube one. It's so satisfying. I like that one in the PlayStation one. PlayStation one. PlayStation One, yes. PlayStation One is just so visceral, and it's just like, it's like, wow, it's like, I don't know, it's invigorating. <laughs> yeah, I agree, totally agree. But but yes, I, you know, there's so many code names I can't remember them all. Um, many, a lot of, especially Nintendo ones are. Do you remember when the Wii was called the Revolution? Of course. That yes. was like such a like a that's such a cool name, and then they were like, it's the Wii. <laughs> It sounds yeah. like something from like IKEA, and you're like, "Oh no." That said, it uh, it that's a name that's sort of uh, ripe to be sort of you know to to appear uh, ridiculous and uh, in, in in hindsight, in hindsight especially, but yeah, in like especially in hindsight, it was totally accurate. <laughs> I mean, was, it, uh, it, it was, it was a, sort of like an eye opener for what a console could do. I like Nintendo yeah. for their creativity consoles um i i don't mm-hmm. necessarily want nintendo to make a nintendo ps4 you know analog you yeah. know what i mean like i like yeah, it yeah. when they come up with new ideas even if yes. they don't work out every time i'm always a fan of how different controllers and different experiences can create yep. unique game experiences yes and and like i think um yeah i think that it's always like um, I mean, it's always it's always great, and like people sort of either love it or they begrudgingly love it. <laughs> I feel like some people feel too cool for 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 this ex- type of experimentation, but then they still sort of uh, like, for example, with Switch, everyone is loving the Switch now, and uh, like no one would be making fun of. Like, it seems perfect. Like you can you have it on you put you. Have it. You can play on TV. You can all, and it's a handheld at the same time, uh, without the limitations of the Wii U gamepad. And of course, gamepad always like had these ideas, but was sort of uh, restricted um, by technical stuff. What, uh, like what do you think? Do you think the Wii? What do you think happened to the Wii U? And what makes you think the Switch? What made the Switch successful? Was it the fact that you could take it anywhere? And it was a more uh, easier experience to understand. I think the gamepad mm-hmm. to TV a lot of reality factors. Yeah. Go mm-hmm. ahead. No, no, you finish your point if you uh, if you. I mean, I I think that obviously marketing and games are also a big thing. Nintendo always has a difficulty bringing stuff. But that being said, if you look at the Wii U library, it's kind of really good for what its lifespan was. Um, yeah. So I, no, it may just agree. be a controller slash marketing issue um, that people didn't really get at the time. Um, yes, I think I think it's uh, definitely. The, I mean, it's. I wouldn't say I wouldn't talk about difference as much. I would talk just talk about successful iteration on it. Like, um, it's really just the same idea but iterated on. Uh, you know, first of all, the technical department, of course, but yes, also they took like. They took um, a page. They they improved in other areas as well. Branding, obviously, I think that's unanimously accepted as like an area where they where they where they messed up with the Wii U. Um, but also like you know support, um, uh, third party support, uh, and like the Nindies, the indie support, which 
sort of um, which sort of started up during Wii U, I think has really come to its own. You get basically everything on Switch now, or a lot, a lot of indie games. Uh, also, a lot of shovelware, which is unfortunate, but um, they definitely need to get better um, about curating the store a bit for people who are not as versed in uh, in games. But um, but but yes, I think a lot of lot of aspects. But of course, the form factor of the gamepad, if you compare it to uh, to Switch, stuff like that. Um, but always they like even with the Switch, which you know you could just say, oh, it's a console, and then it's like a handheld. Even there, they had to get creative with the, uh, for example, the controllers. You know, they had to like Joy Cons is not like a, it's not an easy thing to just. It's not the obvious thing to to go for. Um, um, so, so yes, I, I agree with all that, and um, I guess to just bring it back around, uh, mm-hmm. I I ultimately just want the Wii U titles to sort of be translated over to the Switch. Apparently, there's a rumor. There's always a bunch of rumors that are always wrong because people course. just wanting stuff. But yes. apparently, Pikmin Three is probably going to be ported over, and I believe that one just because of how easy that would be. Um, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, I think that's more sensical than you know when people kept saying paper mario 2 was going to mm-hmm. be remade i i always doubt yeah. stuff like that um yeah. but that pikmin 3 would be exciting to me i never played pikmin 3 and i really mm-hmm. wanted to and uh yeah yeah i i, I got all those wii u games <laughs> the first time around so it's not as uh sort of attractive to me. But you but, can't um, play as Funky Kong in the Wii U version of Tropical Freeze. Right. <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, no, and I'm especially okay with it if it comes with new content, which is also rumored for 3D World, of course. And uh, yeah, we'll see. But, um, and of course, it's good to have like people, f- more people be able to play uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions, which one of the best I I, I heard about it and I'm, I'm probably going to get it. To be honest, because I've been on a slight it's Shin Megami Tensei good. Persona kick, and I played Fire Emblem Three Houses. I may be getting mm-hmm. into it. I'm gonna dip my toes in. I'm excited. Great, great. Uh, of course, you'll hear about it uh, once uh, once Brogan does. Um, I should also get back to it. Um, and, I, I think uh, yes. that's about it. But Paul, what game are we playing yes. next time? Next time we're playing a a PC game, uh, a or an old, I guess DOS game. I thought uh, we only played Nintendo say. games. That's that's sort of true, but no, no, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, no, no. We we're gonna move away from for that uh, from that for a bit because we really want you know there was never the intention it just worked out like that. We we wanna uh, play on all platforms, so. Um, our next game is going to be Sam and Max Hit the Road, uh, old LucasArts classic. And uh, what else can what can you tell us about um, about that episode? Do we have any surprises for that program? I think we got a surprise. I think what there has there has been a war going on on the TwinGeeks.com. <laughs> in case yes. the listeners do not know, between the two podcasts, a very real. War. It's, it's insane. I had to up. talk to David about it last time I was on, and uh, yeah. the only way to solve it is by bringing Calvin on. 
Right. The, the, the exchange, the, you know, the friendly sort of when you, it's just like two cultures sort of meeting for the first time, you have the gift, uh, the cultural exchange uh, of a gift. And, um, and, you know, the best way to represent the war is instead of an RTS, it is with an adventure game starring a cartoon bunny and a cartoon dog. <laughs> yes. Yes. So we will have Calvin uh, from... I think it also does a podcast, I'm not sure, um, <laughs> on uh, uh, next time. So tune in for that. Uh, thank you for listening. It's been fun. And uh, yeah. It's been real. It's been fun. And it's been real fun. Farewell, guys.